Philemon 1 through 5. It says, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our beloved fellow worker and Athea, our sister and Archippus, our fellow soldier and the, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. May God bless the reading of his word. As a title which came to me this morning... (laughs) I did not know the next series that I was going to speak. I was telling Sister Michelle, I normally know in advance, but I didn't get final confirmation, I believe, until last night. (laughs) The title of the message today is Writing to a Friend with a Very Special Request. Personal letters can have a profound effect upon someone. When someone has been wronged, It is often the desire to have the wrong made right. If one is not careful, one will miss the point of the book of Philemon and concentrate on that which is not the main point of the book. It does address a social ill and problem that did not have the same meaning in some circumstances as it does today. Paul writes a friend because while his friend had something done wrong to him, there was a change in the life of the offending party. And Paul writes on behalf of the offending party to his friend and colleague in ministry that he wants him to accept him back because he is now a different man. You know it's a bad thing when you change. And nobody wants to let you change. They don't want to see it. They want to cast you in the same light. I won't believe it until I see it. And then you see it and then you say, I still don't believe it. (laughs) While this person left in a bad way, he has had a heart transplant. Do you know when you have a heart transplant, you've got to be very, very careful. Because you are susceptible to many, many things, many viruses. And so you've got to be careful where you go when you just have had a heart transplant. Uh, Let me tell you this. If you haven't had a spiritual heart transplant, you need to have one. (laughs) This is the best transplant that you could ever have. You don't even have to stay in the hospital one day. You can get that transplant and be on your way. Isn't that wonderful? According to Dr. R.C. Sproul, some information as we get into this matter for the next few moments that we have. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote the letter to a person by the name of Philemon. Not Philemon, Philemon. <laughs> the authenticity of Paul being the author has not been in real dispute among the theologians. And many of the writings of Paul... And many of the writers in the Bible, uh, many of the current commentators, those who um, consider themselves woke, don't accept many of the writers in the Bible. But with the book of Philemon, Paul has not had much controversy. The letter was written 
by Paul while he was in prison in Rome. It is believed that it was written in A.D. 60. Does anyone know what A.D. stands for? No, Sister Michelle, you cannot answer. Pastor Ronnie, you cannot answer. What does A.D. stand for? Close. Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord. We used to say after death, after Jesus' death. No, in the year of our Lord. A.D. 60. It was probably sent to Philemon together with the letter to the Colossians. Both letters written while in prison as long as well as what we call the pastoral letters, First and Second Timothy and Titus. A Philemon was a Christian brother and he was a slave owner in Colossae. Uh-oh. His slave's name was Onesimus. Onesimus had run away and he somehow ended up in Rome under Paul and got saved. A runaway slave that got saved. Paul's writing to Philemon was to ask that he would, one, spare his life and accept him back as a brother in the Lord. Paul is not asking that he free him as a slave, but that he looks at him in a different way. As you get through some of the passages in Philemon, you will almost see that Paul is almost demanding that Philemon do this because of what Philemon owes to Paul. It is believed that Philemon was also saved under Paul's ministry. Possibly when Philemon went through Ephesus, it is not Sure, just where? Uh, Philemon is the shortest of Paul's books in the original Greek. I believe it's 355 words. This letter to Philemon is a personal letter. Do you know when a person writes you a letter, how important it is? It's something to where when they type it, that's one thing. But when they write it by hand, that does something special for you. In most of Paul's uh, letters, he had an amanuensis. Does anyone know what an amanuensis is? It is a scribe. Thank you, Sister Barbara. You must be in Bible study or something. Uh, Paul often had a scribe, but the Bible in our history suggests that, and even in the book here, that Paul wrote Philemon with his own hand. Personal letter. How many of y'all have some letters from way back when your old boyfriend? No, don't go there. Y'all, don't go there. Don't go there. Go get that shoebox. <laughs> but Paul wrote this letter and took the pen in his own hand and wrote to his friend, to Philemon. It is a letter where Paul, even in his salutation in the beginning, uh, changes how he often will address the audience. Paul, even in that first letter, says, Paul, a prisoner. Oftentimes you see Paul saying, Paul, an apostle. Uh, Paul, a servant. But he says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Dr. Spohl notes two theological points I just want to just note. 
One, that Paul is willing to pay the debt that Onesimus owes. And in, in many ways, in the same way that Christ paid the debt for us. He says, I'm willing to pay his debt. <laughs> Paul is not saying that he does not want Onesimus to not be a slave, as I mentioned. He's not saying that. He doesn't really address that particular issue. And then secondly, uh, in verse 16, Paul wants Philemon to receive Onesimus not as a bondservant, but as a brother. You know, uh, let me say this. When we think of the matter of slavery, we need to note and understand that the matter of slavery was not the same in our day as it was in the days in the Bible. You see, there was the matter of a person, oftentimes, and his family, depending on what the situation was, there was a concern of survival. And some individuals would sell themselves to a person in order to have food. And the idea in this was that If they sold themselves to that person, their family would be taken care of. And then after whatever famine, after whatever happened was done, then they could buy their freedom. So it was a matter of survival. And it was often the person who would seek out and say, I want to be your servant. The context was different. Now get this. When a person would sell themselves into slavery, it was often a mutual contract And even the owner would say, now when I get old, it's going to be your responsibility to take care of me. If they didn't have any family members, they would want their slave or that bondservant to take care of them. You see, slavery is a very touchy subject. And yet we have it right here as a main issue in the book of Philemon. It is the issue because Philemon who is the owner, had a slave, and Onesimus did something wrong and ran away. Some people say, good, he's trying to buy his freedom, but no. You need to understand the context. And the Bible doesn't say what he did. It's believed, some suggest that he must have stole something. But he ran away. And this is what Paul is addressing. Now, when I said to you, if you're not careful, you might miss the point, because some of you may think it's a matter of slavery. No, Paul is dealing with reconciliation and forgiveness. That's what Philemon is dealing with. Forgiveness and reconciliation. You see, you couldn't be around Paul (laughs) and not hear the gospel. No, no. Poor soldiers that were chained to Paul. Boy, boy, boy. In prison, because oftentimes the soldiers had to shackle themselves to the prison so he wouldn't get away. And you could imagine they got an arm, for, they, got a, uh, they got an ear for. And in fact, many of them, in actuality, <laughs> when you note some of Paul's letters, and even to those in yeah, Caesar's household, many of those soldiers got saved because of Paul's ministry. Point number one, I'm just going to deal with one point today. You are doing a good job. You are doing a good job. It says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, note this. Paul is not only saying that he is a prisoner in regards to Jesus, but he is letting us know his physical condition. He is currently a prisoner in Rome. And, and with this matter here, he is also a 
prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you not know that you are a prisoner of the Lord and yet you are the freest thing around? How ever heard of a person being a bond servant, a prisoner or slave, and yet you are more free than the person walking around outside? Why? Because there's a freedom in the Lord that people just don't get. <laughs> <laughs> Paul for a, a prisoner for Christ and Timothy our brother now he mentions Timothy but we need to note it's interesting we had a book written to Timothy but Timothy is, is mentioned and some believe that he's mentioned just because of the fact that he is a partner in ministry but the book is not written by Timothy it is Paul's book alone to Philemon and then he says to Philemon our beloved Fellow worker. Now, you know when you want somebody to do something, it's so nice to say nice words. You, you, you know that? It, it's, it's really nice to say nice words. How you ask, how you say something, it makes a difference. person says it in the wrong way, you don't want to do it. Well, what? No. Oh. <laughs> do it yourself. And I ask my wife to do something. Honey, can, can you please? <laughs> now, I, I, need, I, need to, I need to tell myself about something just real quick. I don't like going shopping. Clothes shopping. Grocery shopping, I don't mind. Clothes shopping, I don't like. If I got to go clothes shopping, it's because my shoes are worn out. Holes maybe in my jacket or pants. I have to go. So when I go... I'm going to get specifically what I need and leave. It's not browsing through the window, looking and going through the racks. No. Get what I would need to get, and I'm gone. So on this particular time, we went to Monterey, as we normally do, as we early days. And she wanted to go downtown. <sighs> I'd go. But she knew I wasn't happy. I go sit somewhere. Oh, I, I, I just had an attitude. And so on this one particular occasion, she said, Now, I wish you wouldn't do that. She said it nice, too, kind of. And... When you want to go somewhere, we go, and I like to go shopping. <laughs> and so we made an agreement. I can go, and we'll go, and I'll sit quietly. No harm, no this, and she can take all the time she wants. But I got permission to sit quietly. And here's the, here's the interesting thing. When I would go to a store and sit down, guess what? There'll be a couple other men sitting down, too. <laughs> I said, y'all must have got the same memo. <laughs> Today I don't mind so much. Why? I've been trained. <laughs> no, I really don't mind so much. I mean, we, I, I don't mind going shopping and I don't mind going to the store. And so we sometimes go do certain things together. And, and, and it's fun because now we can enjoy it. But before, no, no. I really did have to be trained. I did not like it. 
There are certain things that we have to grow into. There are certain things that we have to be taught. And one of the things as a church, as a body, we have to learn how to forgive. We have to learn how to forgive that which is most difficult. When Paul addresses Philemon, you will note carefully that he also addresses the beloved, he says, and our sister, Athea. Now, the, the question is, well, who is she? Uh, many of the commentators believe that this was Philemon's wife. When Paul says sister, it is automatically known that she is a believer because the word sister or brother or fellow worker was not used for unbelievers. So he says, Athea, our sister, and Archippus, who was he? It is believed that he may have been their son. And you'll see his name in the book of Colossians as well. And even if they're not, they are of the household. Now, it's interesting that Paul includes them because when Onesimus ran away, it affected the household. The wife oftentimes had the responsibility of managing the house. And so Paul, in addressing Philemon, includes in a warm greeting Athea and Archippus. But he says, our beloved fellow worker calls Archippus a fellow soldier And then he also addresses the church in the home. It is believed that Philemon was a man of means. Because one, you oftentimes didn't have a servant or or a slave if you didn't have means. And then secondly, to have a church meeting meant that you had to have a large enough space for the church to gather. See, in these days, the church started in houses. There were house churches. And so when we consider this, Philemon was an individual, after his, after his conversion, had a church in his house. Isn't that something? He could come in without having to take off his shoes. Didn't have to move his shoes. Somehow you can't go in to take, take your shoes off. You got to take your shoes off. Some people say, well, put them back on your feet. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you were going to the house, and they had service. Paul addresses the church that's meeting in the house. Get this. There is a regular time of corporate worship. Today I am puzzled how people can say they are believers in Christ and not go to church and then during the time of the pandemic, nor Zoom in and won't call. Believers go to church. Christians go to church. Saints go to church and Paul addresses the church that's meeting in the house. How could Paul, as a prisoner, be concerned as he will eventually be off the scene? How could he be still so concerned about a situation such as this rather than wondering, when is my day of execution? You see, when we are in a certain place, sometimes we can't think about anything else except our present circumstances. Have you ever been down so down to you that I can't even deal with anything else? I've got to deal with my own stuff. I can't think about anything else. Five years later, the person, I can't think about anything else. Only my own stuff. Fifteen years later, I know I can't think about you. Well, let me tell you this. Paul is going to be going to the gallows. 
and killed one day by, as I tell you, crazy Nero. But what does Paul do? Paul still has the church on his mind. He still has relationships on his mind. And he wants Philemon to be in a place to where he can accept this man back. And what does he do? He says some nice words at the very beginning. My beloved brother. Oh, to your, our sister and to our fellow worker. Paul is concerned about how the body will function when he leaves. That's saying something. Paul's warm greeting is significant because it really does consider Philemon a friend. And then in verse 2 and 3, give me five minutes and I'm going to be done for today. Six minutes. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Uh, Paul is not saying that he was 24 hours praying, but he is saying I often think about Philemon. What he means to the ministry. What he means to the body of Christ. What he means to those in his household. Grace and peace are offered to Philemon. Philemon was known for his love for the saints. And Paul's mention of this, it suggests that it was not just a one-time thing that he did, but it was his known character. And in fact, some even believe that when Onesimus got saved, he was even one of the ones that must have reported on how Philemon acted towards those in the house. Onesimus wasn't saved when he, when he ran away. Onesimus wasn't saved. So get this. You got a person that shows love, and you got a person that's unsaved. What does he do? He looks to take advantage of a person's love or a person's ways or whatever it may be. And he leaves. But it is possible that it is even Onesimus that might have even stated the type of person that he was and what he was doing. Even though Paul knew, he might have been saying, this is what's happening. (laughs) One of the key things that I want you to note and get The Bible is not shy about addressing difficult matters in life. Paul does not call for Philemon to free Onesimus. That's not what he called for. But he urges him in that direction. And he even says, as a servant, when he comes back, I want you to forgive. And guess what Paul says? Even though Onesimus is a real help to me, I'm sending him back. Not only does he send them back, he gives him the very letter that's meant for Philemon. And the Colossians is believed. He was one of the carriers. Now that's a changed person. Where you can entrust a valuable document. What, what, do, what do we think? God has entrusted us. Get this. He has entrusted us with his own life. He's given us life. He, he even allowed the disciples to partner with him. And then he left them and says, I've given you a gift. Now carry out the work. To this, I'd say, ragtag type of people. we got some disciples who was arguing about who's going to be the greatest. When Jesus is getting close to the cross, they are arguing and discussing, man, I'm the greatest. And I told you, as the Lord says, fellas, what were you discussing on the road? 
And we know that they were embarrassed because the Bible says they wouldn't even say it. But he knew. Put a child in the middle unless you become like one of these. Why is that significant? Because the child was considered the least on the status of life. They weren't even considered. The children were coming to Jesus to have him pray for them. Get out of here, kids. Lord got angry. Don't forbid them to come to me. God has given us life. He's given us a treasure, a precious gift. And it is our responsibility to give it away, to share it. And what does Paul do? He says, man, I've got work to do. I don't care about my conditions right now. i got work to do. I'm going to soon be leaving here, but i got a call to do. Philemon, accept him back as a brother. He's done you wrong. And if he's done you wrong, don't worry about it. I, I'm even willing to take care of it. We're going to get to all of that. But he addresses him and sets everything in motion. Butters him up. Then he's going to spring that question. But it's because of his love. And let me tell you this in closing to say this to you. Whatever you might be holding right now, whoever you might be holding, release it to the almighty God. Ask God for guidance and direction. The Bible doesn't say what Onesimus did, but even the fact that he ran and the fact that he could have lost his life. Paul says, accept him back. And that's bold. That's something. Let me tell you this. You were running from God. He was in hot pursuit of you. You told him, I don't even want you, God. And yet his love kept pursuing you. One day, that love of God arrested you. And you finally said, okay. When you surrender to the will of God, God will say, okay, now we've got work to do. I tell you this, it makes a difference surrendering to God's will. Because your life is not complete. You might think you're making progress, but wait till God gets a hold of your life and changes you. We know the change with the Nesimus is real because he's mentioned in other places. We know that the conversion is real. Whatever Paul must have said, whatever must have happened, it brought conviction. And when wrongs are done, it makes one want to get it right. Thank God for not leaving out the bad stuff that happened in the Bible. It gives us a testimony to let us know that people were back then just like they are today. People will be people. <laughs> Don't try to set them on no pedestal. They sin just like you. <laughs> We sin just like them. Why? Because we want to do it our way. And it takes the awesome grace and kindness and love and mercy of God to change us. So Philemon is a book of dealing with reconciliation and forgiveness for a wrong that's been done. So as we go through this, we're going to be looking at some things and going to make you uncomfortable in some areas too as we go through this. You might say, what? I don't believe it, but we're going to go through it. Stay tuned. Our Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you today for allowing us to be able to peer into the mind of God, the word of the Lord. Looking at the real things that happen 
When there's changes that takes place in the lives of people, it shows. Philemon, Athea, Chippus, the church that were there. Onesimus, others that were changed because of the word of God. Today we pray that we will allow the word of God to saturate our lives. There are things that God, some of us, are holding. And it does not do the body any good to hold on to those things that Lord can destroy. Physically and sometimes spiritually. So we pray today that, Lord, those things that we can release to you. That we can cast our burdens on the Lord and really leave it there. We do love you today for your grace. We thank you for being able to gather as a body for those that are here. For those that are going to be traveling, those that are going to be having surgery. We pray that, God, you will steady the hands of the physicians. We pray that, God, there will be no infections that sets in. We pray that your covering will be upon them as they go, as they go through the procedures, as they travel. We pray in Jesus' name that you will keep them in a special way. And Lord, for our guests, thank you. We thank you for all that you have done, all that you are going to do. And Lord, help us to be receptive and open. We give your name all the glory. We give you all the praise. In the powerful and the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's give God a hand.